Hello listeners and welcome back to Sociocast 20 with housing and real estate showing us silver lining in our last episode in actress Hansraj is back again with another powerful episode. I'm sure most of you listeners or probably your kids or students are scratching their heads with 100 questions. Will the internships happen? How will the exams take place? Will the curriculum change? Are the placements going to happen and if yes, when? Should we apply abroad? When will the session start? Are online courses useful? But most importantly, how to use this time productively? Well, need not worry as today we have with us Mrs. Kunupriya Mishra, a Harvard University graduate to answer all your doubts. Ma'am is an educational specialist and consultant at the World Bank. So before you all bring your noting pads, I would like to introduce my co-host for this episode, Mr. Tejas Agarwal, to proceed with a question and answer segment. Thank you, Prakshi. We are indeed happy to have you here with us today, ma'am. So let's get started. One important question that our audience has been wanting to know is that with in-person classes being suspended, e-learning has now emerged as the need of the hour. Don't you think that this has exposed a digital divide between the ones who have the resources and the ones who have not? Uh, absolutely. I think uh, there are there are several um, things to consider here. It's not just uh, it's not just a function of uh, divide between those who have resources and those who don't, but also between those who know how to use those resources and those who don't. So I think I think the divide is on both the both the sides where you have children. uh and students who don't have the resources to continue remote learning and learn from home but you also have teachers and educators on the other side who uh, may not be as familiar with using uh, zoom technology or uh, any technology of remote working and telecommuting so i think there's definitely a divide which has been exposed and um, this this I mean, we knew the future was going to be digital, but I don't think we were prepared for um, how quickly all of this uh, would unfold. Um, we were we were all doing just fine in February, and in March everything shut down. So um, we had to think on our feet and take actions. But yeah, I absolutely agree. There is there is a great divide between uh, those who can access and uh, use uh, technology and those who can't. Yes, definitely, ma'am. We all know that integration of technology in education, especially in countries like India, has been a problem since generations and decades now. And with this pandemic being on hold, we have actually witnessed what problem will we feel in the future if we still are not able to incorporate ourselves well with technology, and not only incorporate ourselves but ensuring that we are the right ones who can use technology in the proper manner. Ma'am, now moving on to the second question. in your opinion has corona exposed a dire need of a severe curriculum switch and do we need to review our traditional teaching practices to hold students attention and interest even over distances now and not just under pressure in a conventional classroom that's a that's a great question i think um, i think there are two or three issues here there is one issue of uh, of course the curriculum itself in terms of how ambitious it is and what all is it that we try to achieve in an academic year um and be that at any level be it at the k12 level or at the higher education level and secondly it's the transaction of that curriculum so for example um I'll give you a very rough example of you teaching a grade three child how to do uh, addition with carryover. Now that's that's a simple learning standard that you want to achieve. Now you can have many ways of transact 
adopting that particular form of learning standard. What I think COVID-19 has exposed is how um, the delivery of our curriculum is something that would need a rethinking. The curriculum itself is fairly, uh, fairly age appropriate and um, and relevant. Well, some of it relevant for what the students need, but I think the delivery of that curriculum is go is something that needs a complete overhaul because there are some aspects of the curriculum uh, which which lend themselves very easily for like online instruction which is largely teacher-led and um, in in sort of like a lecture mode so i feel if you're shifting that from the classroom to uh, to an online platform it's fairly easier because you just continue it's just that the place has changed in that dialectic however where the challenge that has come up is in the experience of that form of learning and uh, the the higher you go up in fact, at any level of learning, the more experience and hands-on the learning is, the better it is. That's how you move away from um, uh, from from rote learning to like higher order learning. So I think where where the where the uh, the holes have been identified is really in the delivery and transaction of that curriculum. Um, but uh, of course, technology as long. I mean, it's a great friend of ours, but it also poses a lot of challenges. It's really hard for any individual to just sit in front of a machine for eight hours and uh, be productive, right? Even when you went into college or you went into your classes or you went into work, you took time off, you took a break, you took a coffee break, you talked to your colleagues, you caught up with what was happening in the world. But I think... Um, uh, I think just sitting in front of a machine for eight hours is taking a toll on a lot of individuals. And I think what it's also highlighting is um, um, uh, work stretches uh, to fill time. I feel people are more productive now that they're working from home and they're able to wrap up their assignments a lot quicker and students are able to finish their assignments all quicker, a lot uh, faster uh, working from home. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if that was the answer you were looking for, but yeah, those are my thoughts. Definitely, ma'am. Very much on point. We too feel that the educational administration now needs to do a lot bit of their part to ensure that delivery of education to students and to all other uh, pursuance of education in the days to come is well and is befitting and it serves the desired purpose. To continue, ma'am, our audience would now like to know about where shall students begin choosing courses, internships, etc. that are available online and what aspects should they target? What is the value of skill-based courses and work-from-home internships for a student in today's time? Um, that's a great question. I think I think this is going to be a huge challenge moving forward because um, uh, I think the whole idea of an internship is to get that hands-on training and that hands-on experience. And uh, in the absence of that right now, it's going to be really challenging and it's going to differ from industry to industry, right? For example, if you're working, if you're looking for an internship in, in say, management consulting and you want to sort of work, work at like a at like a McKinsey or one of those things, their bread and butter is from these meetings and these online sort of things. I mean, don't, I mean, um, uh, I'm, I'm simplifying things, but uh, uh, the bread and butter of management consulting is in doing a lot of analytics, doing a lot of data processing, which can be done sitting anywhere in the world. You could be sitting in your room, you could be sitting in a company office, or you could be sitting in a Starbucks down the road. But uh, there are other sectors where, um, where it, it requires more uh, uh, personal, uh, more interaction and more working. I mean, uh, if I were to think of um, um, 
an example from the top of my head, sales and marketing is something which is going to be really challenging uh, to do it uh, from sitting uh, in, in your room and uh, following the norms of social distancing and th uh, those kind of things. So I think the approach is going, like how you go about finding these internships and what is meaningful has to be very industry specific. And I think one of, internet is, a best, uh, is our best friend right now. I think the starting point has to be uh, where uh, you have to start doing uh, desk research and secondary research. I think a good option um, I always advise students is to talk to alums and find out where your alumni are working and um, people who've done courses similar to you or who, ha who have training similar to you, reach out to them and talk to them uh, looking at internships. And I think uh, I think uh, the model that you guys follow is, uh, which is of for finding people off of LinkedIn. I think that's a great model because uh, uh, reaching out to people over the internet is is difficult. But I feel uh, LinkedIn and platforms such as LinkedIn uh, give you that space to uh, build those professional networks. But um, but yeah, like I said, conversations uh, with seniors and people in the sector is ha has to be the starting point uh, uh, to finding the right internship. Definitely, ma'am. Uh, like uh, the internship process and the recruitment process for interns will now take a change hold seeing Corona and a post pandemic corporate world that we all are going to witness soon. And there will be differences in, uh, in processes of uh, recruiting interns, how they work, the models that they are fit into in corporate sector and what value addition can they make to the team and to the company at large. Continuing further, ma'am, students eyeing at foreign universities are now worried that their dream college may reject international applicants altogether. Rising layoffs has also made the international job market very bleak. Some students are now mulling over whether if a foreign degree is now worth equally good as it used to be before Corona. Ma'am, is this the start of a downward trend for international students in foreign universities? If it is so, how long will this last? I don't think it's a downward trend. I think uh, what might end up happening is um, uh, is the market might open up more for international students because from what I'm hearing from um, Howard itself and some of the other universities is that uh, universities are moving to an online curriculum for the next uh, academic year. For example, the course that I did at Howard uh, they've moved uh, the entire academic year online. Of course, there are pros and cons to it, um, um, but uh, I think uh, uh, I don't think uh, it's going to be a downward trend. However, I think it is going to be challenging because COVID has not just uh, uh, stopped our lives; it's it's affected the economy significantly, and I think. Uh, um, um, that there is a recession uh, coming in, like you rightly said. Um, it's not coming, it's here. There are layoffs that are happening. Companies can't afford to hire people. And uh, when layoffs happen, our, our instinct is to go back to studying. But I think the decision to go back to school or to get a higher degree is a very individualistic one because it depends on A, what degree you're trying to get, B, how you're going to um, financially support it. Uh, for example, if I had to apply to Howard this year, I would be very happy taking uh, the classes online because I you do save um, on, on the cost of living in Cambridge, Massachusetts for an entire year. However, what you lose out on is the experiences. And honestly, higher education is more about perspective building and networking, and I think, uh, and the experience of learning. So um, 
while technology and doing everything remotely and online is is helpful and it's helping moving uh, is helping move business forward i don't know how valuable it is in in giving the students the necessary experiences that you gain um uh, going by my own personal experience i think the maximum learning that happened for me uh, the year i spent in cambridge um was outside the classroom. It was the discussions that we had while we were doing those assignments. How how are you going to uh, do those when you are across seventeen different time zones? So I think I think um, uh, while the question of are universities going to stop accepting foreign students, I think that is no. I think. Uh, the Howard Ed School has has actually uh, reopened its admission uh, admission process, so it's making it more accessible to students who probably didn't get in the first time around. But uh, is the experience going to be the same? Probably not. So I think that those those are those are some things that we have to consider. Very much on point, ma'am. It will be indeed be very very interesting to witness what trends will international students adopt to go to foreign universities, and at the same time, the approach of foreign educational administration. With regard to accepting these international applicants, to continue mm -hmm. further, as the current pandemic has made technology in education an absolute necessity, how much are our teachers and students prepared to incorporate it into the present form of everyday learning and teaching? Moreover, what does the future hold for the constant debate of teachers being replaced by technology? Mm, that's a that's a that's a tricky one, but it's one of my favorite questions. I feel um, everything said and done. Uh, technology can never replace uh, the one-on-one -on -one interaction uh, and the human interaction that takes place between the teacher and the learner. So that's that's always been my stand. Um, it's it's a fairly uh, unpopular opinion, but I do not think technology can replace an individual in the classroom. It can supplement that learning, but uh, it it definitely cannot replace the individual having said that i think teaching and learning going forward will incorporate more and more learning for example um four and five year olds the world over right now who are who are about to start their education journey are starting their kind, um, kindergarten or kg lessons online right now it's a very different generation from what uh, from what my generation was um, 30 years ago when we started schooling um uh, they do one hour online lesson they do one hour of uh, uh, online activity but uh, they don't know their friends they don't know how to how to play with someone in the yard how to like build sand castles so i think it's going to be a very different um, form of learning but i think technology will um, have to have to supplement uh, reading uh, um i mean it's going to be slow but we will we will get back on our feet and we will get back in the world but i think it's going to be a challenge and i think what it would also require is on the other side is the um, um, those of us who, who are not so comfortable with technology have to incorporate more and more into our classrooms. So teachers who who did not use technology in their classrooms now have to, even it is even if it is um um say a webinar or like an online lesson, and you have to have uh, new techniques and a a new sort of um. Uh, um repertoire of activities that you can to keep your students engaged so uh, how it's 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 a whole new learning curve of how is it that we use technology and interact with it in our learning experience very much on point ma'am history has been a testimony to this fact as to how teachers can never be replaced no matter how advanced we become in terms of technological upgradation we feel that technology and teaching and individual teaching are in, are individually exclusive 
but at the same time they are mutually exhaustive moving on yes. good private schools and top colleges are now barely getting through online teaching this has exposed educational sectors crack in handling such a situation and crisis in your opinion what kind of infrastructural changes should educational institutes incorporate to go further that's a good question i think um, the top and private schools at least in india i can speak to what's happening in india um, uh, right now um it's the parents who end up covering that cost for example if you're studying at an ib school uh and uh, you have your assignments that are given to you and you have to do them on your ipad and submit it and email to your teacher the ipad that the student uses is not funded by the school it's the cost of it is um is weaved into the overall tuition cost education cost that parents have to bear so um i don't think the private schools were equipped in fact no school was equipped to handle the kind of challenges that covid-19 Uh, brought forward, but I think uh, what it has also done is made transparent um, the higher costs of private education. Um, parents are willing to um, uh, spend that extra money because they have the purchasing power and they have the disposable income, and they want to invest in their children's future. But I think, um, but I think uh, uh, the cost—it's the you have to rethink the cost of private education while it was delivered one on one and uh, and in person and how it is now being delivered uh, online for example um say you're paying um, i don't know 2 lakh rupees a month it's just a random figure i don't know what private school fees are uh, in india right now but um, for your child's education and um, do you think you're getting like every parent would question are they really getting the return on their investment or with this kind of thing so i think um, i mean it's everyone's saying that we have to rethink everything but that that is the fact um um uh, things are changing rapidly it's an ever evolving situation we don't know uh, uh, we didn't think we'd be here uh, when this all started in february but uh, uh, we've made it this far Uh, we move forward, uh, but uh, yeah, the 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 future of work and the future of learning is going to look very different six months from now than what it is today. Exactly, yes, ma'am. We all will witness sooner or later as to what changes do educational institutes adopt. How do they do it, and how soon they do it? Because unless they undergo some uh, massive changes with regard to infrastructural upgradation and framework building. will not be able to sustain education in a post pandemic world where social distancing will be the need of the hour with this we come to the end of official series of questions it was indeed kind of you ma'am to share your thoughts on such a pressing matter as education which actually concerns a host of people before officially wrapping up the episode ma'am do you wish to make some concluding remarks for our audience mm. um yes i think the only uh, remark i like to make for students uh, is just hang in there um it it should it should get better things do improve and uh, um um if anything that can improve our lives it's it's our education so i think we should continue to take it seriously and continue to invest in it for as long as we can um so all the best uh, with all of your efforts and i also wanted to congratulate uh, uh, all four of you in pulling this together and organizing this i think it's a great initiative and uh, i want to congratulate you on doing it so well thank you very much ma'am this marks the end of the third episode of socio cast 20 I would like to thank Ms Mishra 
on behalf of Inacta Sansraj for taking out time from her busy schedule and providing us with a valuable inputs on the topic. Thank you, ma'am, and Tejas for this wonderful segment. Inactus Hansraj hopes to have created some sort of clarity. And if you enjoyed this episode, stay tuned for the next one and keep safe.